Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Thy Strong Word. I'm Pastor A.J. Espinosa. We're reading the entire Bible together out loud, chapter by chapter. 2 Samuel chapter 17 today. Uh, really fun couple of uh, chapters. I mean, just, you know, very like, you know, people making this move, that move, counter move, right? Like who's going to come out on top? Um, and today, certainly another chapter like that. You've kind of got uh, Hushai on one shoulder and Ahithophel on the other. And it's like, okay, who is the king actually going to listen to? And David's life uh, hangs in the balance for all of this. So um, just, again, another fun story. But like we saw last time, you know, it, it's uh, it's really striking how there are just these, uh, just all these gems just in the midst of all this when you just see how God is is acting in the midst of it. It seems like it's just all just, you know, plans and uh, schemes, but God is directing all these things, and it shows us a lot about uh, his will in all of this, and even for our lives today. Joining us, we have as our guest, we've got Pastor John Lekumski, who has officially flown the coop and gotten back down south in southern Illinois. He's also the co-host of Wrestling with the Basics, which you can listen to here on KFUO 9 o'clock Saturday mornings and 2 p.m. on Wednesdays Central Time. Good morning, brother. How are you doing? Well, I tell you what, you you are right about flying the coop. Uh, We're talking to our (laughs) kids up north, and they're expecting snow this afternoon, and we're going to be riding our bikes here in the St. Louis area. So we made the move at the right time. (laughs) Yeah, no, that's true. Though, I mean, it's... uh, well, I'm just man. You, you mentioning uh, riding bikes. I'm just reminded about my wife. She is uh, she is so tough. I remember like when we when we were in St. Louis, um, she would ride her bike like to and from uh, the lab where she worked pretty much every day. It didn't oh, matter my. like if it was like uh, you know like uh, 30 degrees and like snow on the ground. Like she was just like <laughs> tough as nails. Like you know had like this like a ski mask on because when you're going downhill on a bike. And it's like 30 oh, yeah, degrees. Yeah. It's That's like, cool. whoa. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, good for her because we wouldn't be doing that, AJ. <laughs> Although it's funny you mention that because our our, uh, our engineer for today, Stephanie, she said there's actually such a thing as a snow bike. And I have no idea why you would want one <laughs> because it's too cold. <laughs> uh, well, I mean. But good you for know, your wife. Y- yeah. y- 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 you know, like y- you feel so alive. When you got that, you know, <laughs> 10 degree wind chill on your face. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Alive is not the word I would use, but whatever. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, <clears throat> anyways, yeah. Good. Good to have you back, brother. And uh, it, it's uh, though this this chapter, you know, it, as much as it's um, as much as it seems like a lot of stuff is precarious here. Is this pretty much like what was uh, David's plan? Right. When he when he yeah. tells Hoshai, like, hey, you know, go back because I need someone to uh I don't know, like, I, I guess kind of like have a counterbalance to Ahithophel. It, like, I, I think the concern would seem to be from David, like, if uh, if my son Absalom just follows everything that Ahithophel says, I'm in trouble. I, I, I need someone to throw him off course. Yeah, because cause Ahithophel is actually a really, really smart dude, yeah. <laughs> as they would say. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, in fact, from uh, the last chapter, here, here's the verse. Now, in those days, the counsel that Ahithophel gave was as if one consulted the word of God. Yep. So was yep. all the counsel of Ahithophel esteemed both by David and by Absalom. Yep. Although I'm thinking in that verse, maybe there's the underlying problem. 
that it was consulted with the same authority as the Word of God. And that probably is the danger, <laughs> don't you think? Well, yeah. Um, well, and I think the other side of it, too, though, is um, that you, this—well, I mean, this this reminds me of Paul, uh, I think, in, yeah. in, a, in a big way, how God has made the wisdom of this world foolish. Uh, not not yes. to say yeah. that— you know, like, oh, well, Hithphel's dumb, or like, you know, Paul is saying like, oh, well, you know, those people in Corinth, like, you know, they, they got their, their heads in the ground. No, like, they're they're smart, they're wise, like, they, they understand how stuff works. We saw that um, in, in the last chapter, that as uh, crass as Hithophel's advice seemed to be, like, it actually made political sense in, in that situation, but it's just how God shows how, it doesn't matter how smart you are, how strong you are, how wealthy you are, God is going to come out on top. All things will serve his purpose. I mean, really, uh, you know, uh, what, what Paul says, right? I'm convinced that um, neither death nor life uh, nor, nor anything in the whole world will separate us from God's love. So, so it, it's really neat, AJ, that you use that verse from Corinthians where, you know, Paul says the wisdom of the world is like foolishness to God, uh, because actually what we have in chapter 17, and I wanted to bring that out right away, because we had it the last time I was with you, this business of praying and God answering prayers, uh, because back in chapter 15, when David heard that Ahithophel was among the conspirators with Absalom, yeah. David said, O oh Lord, please turn the counsel of Ahithophel into the word you use there, foolishness. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. Although though here's what's neat. God doesn't do that, does he? In fact, this chapter will affirm that Ahithophel has good advice. But what he does, though, is he turns the listeners into fools, doesn't he? So they don't pay attention to the good advice. Yeah. Well, <laughs> so yeah, the prayer yeah, still no, gets it, answered, but not exactly the way David had expected to be answered. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well, yeah, yeah. I mean, I guess, I mean, that's a, that's an intriguing point, right? When he, When David says that, like, what exactly is he... Is he What's praying he for right? Yeah, like, is, yeah. is he? Um, I, I mean, I guess you could kind of say, like, you know, wisdom is sort of in the in the eye of the beholder as well, right? I mean, yeah, um, yeah. But but uh, regardless, right? At the end of the day, right? We're gonna we're gonna see how uh, Hithophel has his his good ideas and his strategic ideas, but uh, but God's going to intervene. Um, it's very, it's very Esther like, I think this uh, this chapter oh, yes. in that way, where God's just in all the details, but. Uh, well, without and, and, just and, and, AJ, you know, real quick before we begin, though, as long as we're doing an overview, so yeah. so what what's neat is you have that, and that's just that that's the point. So human wisdom, there's nothing wrong with human wisdom, but in the end, like you say, it's the will of God that's yeah. going to be accomplished. But but what I like about this text is because the ditch on the other side of the road is, oh well, then I'll just sit back and twiddle my thumbs because All whatever right. God wants, that's what's going to happen. And yet, what we see here is people yeah. with faith believing in God and that He'll keep His promises. And then they're doing the things that should come from that. Uh, you know, it's the old business yeah. about the fruit of faith is love. And so we have people yeah. showing all kinds of love for the neighbor here. But it doesn't stem from their own goodness, but it stems from this belief that God has made some promises. And no matter what happens, no matter how wicked the world is, no matter how wise the world is, no, no, the, the word of the Lord will be fulfilled. That that's, that's that's good. That's good. Yeah, there's no room either for the opposite side of... Uh kind of a Timon and Pumbaa, you know, Hakuna Matata fatalism, right? You know, where you're just like, ah, oh, whatever, you know, it's going to happen. So just sit back what and just it, eat grubs. Matata or something like that. Yeah, but thank a, you for yeah, the just, Timon and Pumbaa reference. Yeah, yeah, it made yeah, me so. laugh. <laughs> you know, I mean, anyways. Uh, well, let's, before I, before I make any more goofy illusions, uh, would you start us off with a prayer and then we'll go ahead and actually read the text here. 
So, oh Lord, our prayer is, as always, because uh, uh, this is dark to us, apart from the coming of your Holy Spirit who leads us into faith and forgiveness in Jesus Christ. So help us to see that this is our story. These things are going on in our life, perhaps this very day. And yet, as uh, we have both testified, and you've testified in the Scripture, your will will be done. It is what we pray for in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right, anything else um, that we ought to really mention before we... Give it a read through. Yeah, I don't know. I think we covered, uh, you know, yeah. the kind of basics here. Yeah. So, yeah, let's hear the story. Yeah, I think we've already wrestled with the basics. So we go ahead. And... <laughs> okay. Thank you for the plug. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. So here's here's chapter 17 in the English Standard Version of Second Samuel. Moreover, Ahithophel said to Absalom, let me choose 12,000 men. Now we'll rise and pursue David tonight. I will come upon him while he's weary and discouraged and throw him into a panic. And all the people who are with him will flee. I will strike down only the king, and I will bring all the people back to you as a bride comes home to her husband. You seek the life of only one man, and all the people will be at peace. And the advice seemed right in the eyes of Absalom and all the elders of Israel. Then Absalom said, Call Hushai the archite also, and let us hear what he has to say. And when Hushai came to Absalom, Absalom said to him, Thus has Ahithophel spoken. Shall we do as he says? If not, you speak. Then Hushai said to Absalom, This time the counsel that Ahithophel has given is not good. Hushai said, You know that your father and his men are mighty men, and that they are enraged, like a bear robbed of her cubs in the field. Besides, your father is an expert in war. He will not spend the night with the people. Behold, even now he has hidden himself in one of the pits or in some other place. And as soon as some of the people fall at the first attack, whoever hears it will say, there's been a slaughter among the people who follow Absalom. Then even the valiant men, whose heart is like the heart of a lion, will utterly melt with fear, for all Israel knows that your father is a mighty man and that those who are with him are valiant men. But my counsel is that all Israel be gathered to you from Dan to Beersheba as the sand by the sea for the mul- for multitude, and that you go to battle in person. So we shall come upon him in some place where he's to be found, and we shall light upon him as the dew falls on the ground, and of him and all the men with him not one will be left. If he withdraws into a city, then all Israel will bring ropes to that city, and we shall drag it into the valley until not even a pebble is to be found there. And Absalom and all the men of Israel said, The counsel of Hushai the archite is better than the counsel of Ahithophel. For the Lord had ordained to defeat the good counsel of Ahithophel, so that the Lord might bring harm upon Absalom. Then Hushai said to Zadok and Abiathar the priests, Thus and so did Ahithophel counsel Absalom and the elders of Israel, and thus and so have I counseled. Now, therefore, send quickly and tell David, Do not stay tonight in the fords of the wilderness, but by all means pass over, lest the king and all the people who are with him be swallowed up. Now, Jonathan and Ahimaaz were waiting in Enrogil. A female servant was to go and tell them, and they were to go and tell King David, for they were not to be seen entering the city. But a young man saw them and told Absalom. So both of them went away quickly and came to the house of a man at Bahurim, who had a well in his courtyard, and they went down into it. And the woman took and spread a covering over the well's mouth and scattered grain on it, and nothing was known of it. When Absalom's servants came to the woman at the house, they said, Where are Ahimaaz and Jonathan? The woman said to them, 
they've gone over the brook of water. And when they had sought and could not find them, they returned to Jerusalem. After they had gone, the men came up out of the well and went and told King David. They said to David, Arise and go quickly over the water, for thus and so has Ahithophel counseled against you. Then David rose and all the people who were with him, and they crossed the Jordan. By daybreak, not one was left who had not crossed the Jordan. When Ahithophel saw that his counsel was not followed, he saddled his donkey and went off home to his own city. He set his house in order and hanged himself, and he died and was buried in the tomb of his father. Then David came to Mahanaim, and Absalom crossed the Jordan with all the men of Israel. Now Absalom had set Amasa over the army instead of Joab. Amasa was the son of a man named Ithra the Ishmaelite, who had married Abigail, the daughter of Nahash, sister of Zariah, Joab's mother. And Israel and Absalom encamped in the land of Gilead. When David came to Mahanaim, Shobi, the son of Nahash from Rabab the Ammonites, and Makir, the son of Amiel from Lodabar, and Barzillai the Gileadite from Rogalim brought beds, basins, and earthen vessels, wheat, barley, flour, parched grain, beans, and lentils, honey, and curds, and sheep and cheese from the herd for David and the people with him to eat. For they said, The people are hungry and weary and thirsty in the wilderness. All right, so that's just uh, leaving it like, you know, it's like quite the cliffhanger. Of course, you're just following along and it just tells you like in the heading, Absalom killed. All right, I guess we know how that story ends. Uh, But but, uh, where's the spoiler-free edition of the ESC, right? Um, But anyway, it's a neat neat story. Um, You know, like it it feels like there's just lots of these little connections and um, kind of recurring motifs again, right? You've got kind of two spies that get hidden by a woman, right? Who sends like the people looking for them off in the other direction. We've seen that before, right? Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. So there's, yeah. Little, there's little stuff like that. Um, and then like for us, like, I, I mean, I don't know what, what Ahithophel does. I, I mean, I think that for a lot of Christians, the, the first thing we'll think of is Judas. So uh, yes. um, yeah. there, there's there's a lot of interesting little moments in here that, that kind of, I, I don't know. It's like, hang on a second. We've kind of seen the, seen these sorts of things before that maybe help us understand kind of um, what, what, I mean, what is kind of a complex web here in chapter 17. Yeah. And, and the, uh, like you said, there's all kinds of, uh, well, we've seen this before, AJ, you, you got all these Jesus connections, you know, I mean, it's not like a direct prophecy of the coming of Jesus, but, but you see all these underlying things that point ahead to what will happen with Christ. Uh, you, you've got the line at the beginning about, uh, you know, it's, it's better for one man. We're just going to kill one man you know, we'll save the people. Well, of course that echoes the words of the, the high priest about yeah. Jesus, you know, it's better yeah. one man to die. You, you brought up the connection to uh, uh, Ahithophel and, and Judas, and I'm looking for that. I got it somewhere. There's there's a psalm, isn't there, where, where uh, why, why can't I find that, AJ? Oh, like the, the, um, the potter's field thing? Uh, well, the one about... Oh, no, the, no, well, that, my, no, no, because that, that's oh, from, here it is. Um, that's the prophet. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's, uh, Psalm 41, even my close friend in whom I trusted, who ate my bread, has lifted his yeah. heel against me. Uh, which a lot of commentators think uh, David is thinking about Ahithophel, because Ahithophel was part of his cabinet. He was, as we heard earlier, as one of his trusted counselors. Of course, Jesus takes up the same psalm when he's talking about what Judas will do to him. So, uh, yeah, there are all, like I said, these little underlying things that are going on here. Um, 
And, and, you know, the other thing I was thinking, too, though, don't, well, maybe I'm jumping the gun, but but there's a little detail about where David flees to. Um, what's the name of the city? Man- Manaheim? Uh, um, yeah, Mahanaim. Yeah, th- we've seen yeah. that place a few times. Well, yeah, because that's the place where Jacob wrestles with God. You know, he, he camps there because he's afraid of what's going to happen when he confronts his brother Esau. Uh, mm-hmm. That's the place where Ishbosheth, you know, Saul's son, uh, after Saul dies, he goes there and, and he establishes that as his capital and, and rules mm-hmm. for a couple of years. Uh, and I'm just thinking, as David's there, he's he's got to be thinking of what we think about the fact that God has made me promises. My my throne will not come to an end. And and uh, uh, just like we do, we just trust that God keeps His word about uh, Jesus. And and so David, I'm thinking that that faith has got to strengthen him in these difficult times as well. Yeah, there's. Uh, I I think that these these moments here help us understand the the psalms. I mean, I'm really happy you mentioned Psalm 41 cuz I mean that, that that is just something how you think to yourself, "Well, hang on a second. Is is that kind of like what like what happened with Judas?" And it's like, "Well, you're not the only one thinking that, right?" Like yep, <laughs> cuz yep, like yeah. the, the Lord himself like uses that psalm, right? And and then, you know, the uh, the connections are made of course in in the in the gospels um, and in Acts. Right. So it's like, you know, those are the connections that they were seeing, too. And, and this is this is cool then to like go back and you and you see like, oh, so like this is kind of like the the thing that it was was kind of based on in some ways. I, I mean, in terms of kind of the um, the artistic uh, pattern. Right. Kind of like goes back to this, you know, so that when you told the story, um, the, the New Testament story, it was kind of like with this in mind um, as kind of a as the, as the forerunner. Right. And so, so that's, that's really interesting. And then just, yeah, like you're saying, I mean, uh, you, you know, just, just kind of seeing how David has to rely on God and, and, you know, and hope that, that God will, uh, you know, deliver some good for him. I mean, I mean, cause, and, and I don't think it's about a lack of faith, but there, there's some humility in it. Right. Cause we saw that how, um, well, it was fascinating because, like, when it was uh, Shimei, um, just uh, or, or Shimei, depending on how you want to say it, uh, was cursing him, and he's like, "Well, you know, you know, I, I deserve it. You know, God, God told him to curse me, but maybe, maybe God will, you know, turn things around for me." I mean, that's I don't think that's uh, like like David's like kind of doubting or like kind of like, "Well, I'll pray, but maybe God will answer, maybe not." But I, I think it's a humility of saying, "You know what? Like, I I do deserve to just." actually have my son take my throne and to be you know killed in battle like this i i know i deserve it so i'm not going to presume to know the will of god right so so aj boy i'm i'm so glad you you used the word uh, humble yeah humility because because isn't that doesn't that stand that you got three guys here you got hithphil well we've got hushi too but but primary hithphil and absalom and david um, and, and of course, David is the one that's suffering now. Ahithophel isn't suffering. Absalom isn't suffering. In fact, everything's going their way, or at least Ahithophel thinks it is at the beginning of this chapter. Um, 
But what those two guys lack, Absalom and Ahithophel, they have no humility, do they? I'm sure Ahithophel knows that people think that his uh, advice is as, as good as the word of God itself. I'm sure Absalom thinks, hey, I am winning this battle. Well, just listen to what Hushai say. I've got the entire people from Dan to Bathsheba behind me. How could I lose yeah. this? Uh, yeah. but, but you're right. David's the one that's being humbled. But that's that's what we need. We need to be humble. Thank you. We need to understand that whatever we're suffering is because we are sinners. Now, I'm not saying it's a one-to-one correspondent like it is with David. But yeah. let's face it. If we have struggles, it's because we're sinful people in a sinful world. Uh, and and we, we, we don't deserve anything else. But then that's the beautiful promise for those of us who believe in Jesus, because Jesus is the friend of sinners and tax collectors, as the scripture tells us. So we'll be okay. But Ahithophel and David, or Absalom rather, as we see, no, no, they will not be okay because there is no humility. Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, and so just since I'm on a roll here, it's like, you know, it's like, a, what was the Indiana Jones movie? I think it was like a, the one where they were after, I think it was the last crusade, right? The one where they're yeah, after yeah. the, uh, the cup, right? And, and uh, oh, yes, that, yes, the whole, yes, the, yeah, the, yeah. Only that the, which the one is the real cup? Pass. Yes. Yeah, well, it was, yeah. it was that, which is another humility thing. Yeah. But like in, in, in the, on the way there, there's that like only the penitent man will pass. And he's like, oh. the penitent man kneels, you know, and, and <laughs> yes. he like does it, does the roll forward, right? But, um, I, I mean, you, you see that, right? That it's like, that, yeah. that kind of is what happens in the scriptures again and again. It's sort of like, you know, the prophets show up and they say, hey, uh, you have done wrong. You need to, you need to become humble. Um, and it's sort of like, you're either going to bow your head or like the ax that's coming is going to take it off. You know, I, I mean, so you, you do see that um, it's, it's, a, it's a big pattern. Um, okay. I, I got to stop though um, before yeah. we just go off. Yeah, yeah. Just totally off track. Let's go. Let's go to the beginning here. It's always a good place to start. And um, so at, at the top here, I, I just, uh, there's so many great things about this story. But okay, so Ahithophel comes in with this, I mean, really fantastic advice. I mean, it's 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 kind of perfect, everything he says, right? He's like, yep, yep. We'll, we'll go with 12,000. It's a good number. That's We don't need any more than that. Uh, any, anything bigger than that's going to get clumsy, right? Like, you, you don't want to go and take a, like, you know, five times larger than necessary force it's gonna be too expensive it's gonna be logistically challenging right so he picks like the perfect number um interesting that that's twelve thousand too like i'm just like have the echoes of that revelation text um uh where there's twelve thousand from each right in the yep, kind of heavenly yep, army yep. i don't know what to make of that that just occurred to me but so like you know he uh it says you know in verse two you know he, he's weary and discouraged right um i mean like everything he says is like spot on <laughs> um and then he's like, "Well, let's get a second opinion." <laughs> uh, what do you? I don't know. What do you? What do you make of just kind of that, that well, opening situation? Well, see, here, here's the thing that never occurred to me until you mentioned it. So this indicates how precarious the situation of David is, isn't it? That uh, yeah. Hitfeld realizes we we don't need to mar- marshal all of our forces. There's just a handful of guys. Twelve thousand men will be way more than enough to take care of this situation. And and David is his situation is hopeless. But but see again to me that that's the comfort in this text. So when you find yourself in a hopeless situation, don't despair because it's not going to be determined by the number of men that come to fight you. It's going to be determined by the will of God. And and let the devil and death come and win. And they might seem to win, but they won't. You know we're going to be the victors in all of this uh, because we have have the Lord with us. Uh, but but you're right. You got this perfect advice, 
But remember, the prayer was, turn his advice to foolishness. Yep. And so even though the advice isn't foolishness, it will be regarded as yep. foolishness. Yep. Isn't that cool? Yeah, It's yeah. it's amazing. And this is uh, really so much like Esther, I think, where there's this kind of like perfect plot to like annihilate yep. the Jews in the case of Esther, right? Like Haman's got, I mean, I, I mean everything, right? He's got... He's got the king just uh, right where he wants him. You know, he's going to become like drinking buddies with him, right? And he's going to just go ahead and go with whatever he wants. Um, He's got this gigantic gallows set up for Mordecai. I mean, it's just like, (laughs) it's this perfect storm. You know, it's just this perfect storm of, of of a trap, right? Like, it's just like, this is foolproof. Like, they are toast. Um, and, and that's like what's going on here. It's like you, you read this from the perspective of David, and you're like, "Oh my goodness, this is this David's actually going to die, right?" I mean, I mean, yep. this yeah. this is spot on. This, this this is an arrow flying straight and hitting the bullseye right here. But God's still going to deliver, even from the impossible situation. Um, it's time for our break, but uh, we'll be right back here, everybody. Looking at Second Samuel chapter 17 on Thy Strong Word. We'll be right back. Touching the lives and the hearts of our listeners with the Word of Christ. Sharper Iron is such an incredible, amazing gift. I thank you so much for what it's doing for me and what I know it must be doing for a lot of other people. God bless. To leave a message on the KFUO comment line, call 314-996-1542. Christ for you, anytime, anywhere. Worldwide KFUO. Hi, this is Rahema Kavuga, Synod Relations Manager of Lutheran Church Extension Fund. Are you an investor looking to support the bold and loving work of LCMS churches? Is your church or organization ready to do bold and loving work? This year, we have a ripe opportunity to bring Christ to a hurting world. Discover the role you can play in this great work. Call 800-843-5233 or visit lcef.org. That's 800-843-5233, lcef.org. You hear our voices every day as we speak the gospel, share the latest news, or for insightful and sometimes entertaining talk. Why not share your voice with us and send us your feedback, suggestions, and questions? Leave your comment at 314-996-1542. Be sure to follow us on social media, too, so you can like, comment, and share your favorite posts. Drop an email to KFUO at KFUO.org or send a snail mail letter to Worldwide KFUO, 1333 South Kirkwood Road, St. Louis, Missouri, 63122. Welcome back, everybody, to Thy Strong Word. I'm Pastor A.J. Espinosa. We're looking at 2 Samuel chapter 17, where God gets David out of this perfect storm that's coming from Ahithophel. Uh, He's got everything all lined up, but somehow, um, you know, even if something is foolproof, it's not God-proof. We're joined today by our guest, Pastor John Lekumski, uh, pastor in Southern Illinois, one of the co-hosts of Wrestling with the Basics here on KFUO, 2 o'clock Wednesday, 9 o'clock in the morning, Saturdays, Central Time. And uh, yeah, I mean, it's uh, it, we're going ha- to have to move on kind of quick here. 
but it's, it's just it's just amazing like how much irony here and we're just kind of making the comparison to uh to esther uh, i imagine that a lot of you guys listening probably have some my other ideas uh or questions give us a call if you're listening live 1-800-730-2727 or if you're in st louis 314-821-0850 you can also send an email to kfuo at kfuo.org or you can uh, just put your comments right there in the live stream, facebook.com slash H.A. Espinosa. Uh, looking at a couple of those there, one was asking about like the Nahash that we see later on. I don't think that refers to the Ammonite king, but you know, I'll, I'll defer to you know Pastor Lukomsky here if he's got more uh, background on that. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I, don't, I, no, I, don't, I don't see a connection there either. I mean, that's the thing. There's a whole list yeah. of names, and you find yourself scratching your head. Why did the author think it was so important to give us this? Sometimes uh, the, 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 it's obvious, uh, you know. Ahithophel uh, mm-hmm. apparently is, is the grandfather of Bathsheba, which kind of helps right. us understand maybe why he threw in with Absalom. Maybe he knew right. one of the things that had happened with Bathsheba. Right. But yeah, a lot of these names, I, I thought, oh, yeah, let's, but I, I couldn't find anything. But maybe at the yeah. time they would have been significant. I, I can't say, yeah. Yeah. Well, I, and I think that's, that's probably part of the reason, too, why you, you have just so often, you know, so-and-so daughter of so-and-so or so-and-so son of so-and-so, right? Like, 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 like you kind of need uh, that, that second name, right? Because there's yeah, just too yeah. many people running around with the name Nahash or Ahithophel. <laughs> and you're thinking to yourself, really? There's that? Yeah, yeah. They're popular yeah, names. You know, they'll, they'll come back. They'll come back. Just you wait. You know, 2021, right? Like Ahithophel just going, you know. So, um Though, hey, real, though, though, can, can I just ahead. say one thing real, about the names? So, so, so yeah. here's the important thing, though. So this isn't like we're reading Aesop's fables, you know, right. and, and we could do that. We could say, oh, here's the overarching principles and things. But no, this is reality. This is history. So I think part of that is reminded of that. This isn't a story that somebody made up so we can say, oh, no matter how bad things are, God will always come and deliver you. No, this is a historical fact. And yes, it is absolutely true that no matter how bad, it might be impossible for man, but nothing's impossible for God. But yeah. but remember, this is real now. This isn't something we made up to teach a yeah. lesson. Yeah. Well, no, that's a good point. I mean, because if it were kind of made up, you know, it, the, the the nice, easy made up thing is to like make it so every name is used only once, right? So everything is just kind of perfect. <laughs> Everyone's name means exactly like what their character is like, right? You know, um, you know, you know, like bad guys are named Grendel. Good guys are named Beowulf, right? Like it's just, you know, everything lines up perfectly. Uh, you know, right, like the bad guy, the grad, like the, the bad, like, you know, a Hithfell wouldn't be named a Hithfell. He'd be named uh, Jafar, right? I, I yeah, mean, you know, you that that would be like in a fiction. But, uh, yeah. but, 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 you know, I, I think I recall, what was it? A Hithfell is like Mephibosheth, where his name was not actually that. Um, like the, that Bosheth or Buffel part is oh, like yeah. been yeah. put yeah. in there because it's like bad guy. We don't speak his name. Um, but yeah. I think I think the name would have been like Ahibale, um, uh, which which was uh, at the time uh, like a good name, great name, right? Like you know, like oh, like, yeah. like uh, the the Lord is like my kin, basically, right? Yeah. Like oh yeah. wow, it's, yeah. it's great, you know, it's like it's like Emmanuel or something like that, right? So I mean, like the, the bad guys have good names had, had too. The bail thing in there though, the bail thing, and we don't want to have the well, bail yeah. Thing but but we yeah. saw earlier how even in Second Samuel how David has the victory against the Philistines and he calls the place. What was it like? It was like Perez Bail or something like that, or, or yeah, Bail Parrots, yeah. right? Because he he just means Bail is in the neutral sense of Lord, the, right? Lord, yeah. So the guy, in yeah, charge, yeah, yeah. So so at, so at the time, like it wasn't apparent that 
Ahithophel was a bad guy. In fact, I mean, that kind of complements what you were reminding us of at the beginning. Like Ahithophel, by all accounts, was like a messenger of God, right? Yep. But yeah. uh, but of course, uh, well, we're we're told in the, in the in the scripture that you know Satan masquerades as an angel of light, right? And so here's a good example of it. Well, and, and you know, because David must have taken advice from him many times. Otherwise, why would David have been worried about him? That's right. You know, yeah. 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 So, so, so this, this is, I think, maybe the, the, the thing that we have, uh, you know, so here's this fantastic advice by the most like, trusted advisor, right? And in verse 5, Absalom's like, I'm going to get a second opinion. Um, you know, and you're just like, well, what would possess him to do this? Well, funny that you, that you speak of possession, right? I mean, because it, we've kind of seen this before, how not, not that he was possessed. We've, we've been over this. But, but yeah, you know, yeah. like, like God was like, you know, uh, he, he, was, he was putting Saul in this like weird disposition, right? He was like vexed. Yeah. him with this like this foul uh you know breath from the lord right and so th- that's the thing it's like you you, you think that i i've got this all locked up i've got the power i've got the wealth i've got the wisdom right but then god's yeah. like i'm gonna just make all that fall over right and uh yeah it's like god is just is, is pulling the strings and so absalom just can't help but say you know what? i'm just i just i don't know why i just something came over me i just i just feel really curious to hear what hoshai <laughs> might have to say about this right i mean i mean what do you think well, and, and see, there's there's the cool thing there because we could go back to Pharaoh, right? That God hardens yeah, the heart of that's Pharaoh. Right, that's right. Uh, but but what what people need to understand is the way. And, and Luther's really great about this. Luther says, you know how God hardened the heart of Pharaoh? He simply said, "Let my people go," <laughs> and that's all it took because Herod's heart is. Our, our Pharaoh's heart is hardened, you know, and when he hears the word of God's law, the natural reaction of the sinful heart is to say, no, I ain't going to do that. And, and so that's the same thing here. It's not like he has to change the heart of Absalom. He that's just true. lets, he lets Absalom have his way. That's right. You are that's right. so wise. You are so smart, Absalom. Mm-hmm. All right. We'll let you do it the way you think is best. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. In, no, that's right. Yeah. 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 yeah, God God has been directing everything up to this point. It's not it's yeah. not as if it, God was kind of just standing back and being like, "Well, I'm just going to kind of see how this plays out." And then he's like, yeah. oh, "Okay, now hang on a second, guys. I'm going to I'm going to take the Wait steering wheel for a moment here." Right? No, no, no. He's he's been directing the whole thing the whole time. So you're exactly right. It is like with Pharaoh how like all the things leading up to this has also um been been the work yeah. of God. And so th- this moment like it, it it's by design and um and and so that as you were saying though it's like uh, Absalom just can't help. I mean, Hushai. This this is where Hushai, right? God is just using this um, yep. intelligence yeah. that Hushai has given him. I mean, Hushai's just. I mean, just get some hook, line, and sinker. He's like, well, you know, a Hithfel smart guy, but I mean, just just this time, right? <laughs> this time, it's not the best, right? I mean, which which is yeah. amazing. Yeah. Um, like like because actually because uh, in in verse seven, um. You know, like the the way he says it, right? I think it is very much like, you know, this time it's not the best way to go, which sounds like so reasonable, right? Yeah, um, yeah. He's not throwing him under the bus. He's not he's not calling him a fool. He's like, just you know, like this time, hey, look, there there might be something better. Um, you know, kind of like where the Lord Jesus, so when he's uh, with Mary and Martha, says like that. You know, Mary has chosen the the good thing. You know, the the better thing, right? Um, yeah. And he just he just totally sells it. He's just like. You know, like they're gonna they're gonna be angry. Everyone knows that your dad. Wow, you know that he's he's a wily one. You know, he's a he's a potent um, you know force to be reckoned with. You know, and this you know you're you're gonna go down there yourself. You're gonna get the glory. All of Israel's gonna see it. 
Oh, which kind of like plays off of Ahithophel's advice earlier, right? To go into sure. the concubines oh, yeah. with the giant tent and everything, right? So he's just yep, kind of yep. just laying it on. And it's just, oh, he, he's so set up and he just walks right into it, Absalom does. And, and, and what's what? So, so again, you can see he's just using what's already there. Absalom yeah. is already a proud, egotistical man. He's just yeah. playing into that. Um, yeah. But the other thing I think is really neat about this story see, people have this picture that we've got good guys and we've got bad guys. And, and I love the, the image you just had, and God's just kind of sitting back, and he'll only step up when he maybe needs to come and throw in his weight for the good yeah. guys. But, but the picture is no, God is absolutely in control. Evil people think they're doing it for whatever evil reason they think they're doing it. But in fact, God is using them and their evil to accomplish the purpose, which may be humbling. That may be. Maybe he needs to discipline his people. So, okay, I'll use evil people to discipline my people. But but no, no, in the end, it is God's will, which is a will for salvation and forgiveness that will prevail. So, so please understand, you're not going to get out of being used by God. The thing you need to pray for is, Lord, use me as one who believes in you and use me for good. Because if I'm yeah. evil, he's still going to use me. <laughs> you don't that's get, right. Oh, that's you right. don't get to call the thing for yourself. No. Yeah. No. No. Well, I mean, that's uh, well, it's kind of like what we were talking about earlier. That you know, it, you're you're going to bow one way or the other. You know. There's, yes. There's, exactly. There's there's, yeah. there's a there's a there's a pleasant way to do this and a not so pleasant way to do this. Right. It's like it's like well, when the doctor. It, I was gonna, I was go gonna say, isn't that the story here? So, yeah, so what yeah, happens yeah. to Absalom and Ahithophel, they both come to, to horrible, terrible ends, one by his own hand and the other by the hand of another. But I, I'm sorry, if you refuse to let God use you in faith, that, that's how it is. You're, you're right. The head's going to come off. It either has to go down in humility or it has to be cut off yeah. uh, in execution. Um, so I want, I want to get to that. You just mentioned that. So how Hithphel, um does kill himself. Um, and I think you already mentioned that just how there's a contrast in humility there. Um, it really, very, very interesting. And I think it's really different, I think, from from the way that Saul dies. I, I don't think it's the, the same. Yes. But it's like I want, I want to take a look at some of this stuff here. Um, but just, but just, yeah, before, like, was, again, just taking note of this, that it, it's just very interesting how Hushai, right, is is very crafty and wise here, right? For oh, yes. good purposes, right? I, I mean, this, this kind of, um, you know, I mentioned the uh, the parable of the shrewd manager last time, right? I mean, yeah, there 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 are lots of examples of shrewdness on the part of God's people. A lot of them happen to be women, and we got to talk about that too, because um, <laughs> yeah, that, that's coming up too, right? Um, <clears throat> okay. So so, but mo- moving on here. Okay, so he, so he goes and he makes this pitch. Absalom totally buys it, um, and then and then Hushai right in verse fifteen he reports back to, to Zadok and Abiathar and says, "Hey, look at this! Like this is the plan. Uh, you got you got to get word uh, to David, right?" And so okay, so we're gonna go and get this uh, this message over to David, um, you know, before you know. So he so he knows like he knows what's coming, so he can act act accordingly. I mean, we see that later. He gets across the Jordan. He's you know get, get out of town, get out of the way. But then, yeah, here comes uh, this uh, this female servant who is going to go and tell them. Um, but they're but they're seen here, and then here is the the crafty cleverness here. She covers yep. the well, puts grain on it. Like what? Hang on, what? Uh, Ahi? How do you say that? Ahi Mayas? Never never seen him. Who's that? <laughs> I, I mean, this this is this is a yeah, uh, yeah. A, a motif that's like all over the Bible, right? Yep. Yeah. 
Um, and, and you know, see, see, it, it's a lie. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Uh, let me read you a quote from Chemnitz, who is a well-respected uh, uh, theologian in our our background as Lutheran Church. Uh, so Chemnitz says to conceal something for an honest and just cause in matters which need not be said for reasons of right or usefulness is not a lie. It is lawful to use figurative language, uh, e.g. a riddle, which does not reveal the points under discussion. Uh, and of course, that's kind of a wordy and, and rambling thing. But it tickles me when, when you read the, the, these, these early church fathers, they just don't want to come out and say a lie is okay. And, and, and that's yeah. all right, because usually <laughs> lies are not okay, because generally we lie for our own good, <laughs> you know? Yeah. We're trying to avoid our humility, aren't we, AJ? That's the whole point. We do not want to be humbled. But on the other hand, I, I go with Augustine, who said, you know, if you're doing this for the love of the neighbor, if that's what the concern is, you're not just trying to support your own cause, but if yeah. it's all about Pro- protecting and caring for people, then then it's probably it's okay. <laughs> okay, yeah. well, you don't need to well, worry about yeah, that. Yeah, and, and I think this is uh, oh man, like I I feel like I'm I'm having some deja vu here. I, I think that I think that you and I must have had the episode where we were talking about uh, Michal and Jonathan or or, we did, uh, or I think yeah yeah, yeah. you know I'm just yeah. kind of like this like hang on a second so that's that's not exactly honest right or forthcoming. Um, I mean, at the end of the at the end of the day, it is deceptive, right? Like they get the wrong yeah. idea, right? And she does that yeah. intentionally. Yeah. Um, but I mean, what, what I think you see kind of again and again, and and uh, yeah, I, I don't know if you mentioned the. the I, I think you, you may have used the Augustine quote last time. It's such a great one. Um, but like, I just think that you see in all these Old Testament stories, like the preoccupation is not. See, this, this is this is an amazing thing, right? We have this really messed up caricature that in the Old Testament. Everyone's constantly looking over their shoulder because they're like, oh, man, if I do like, you know, if I take one step out of line, God's going to zap me. Right. Like that. They were all super hyper legalistic or something like yeah. like that's yeah. like how the Old Testament worked. They were just like, oh, man, like just, oh, I can't mess up if I break one of the Ten Commandments. I'm toast. And like we just see like again and again, that's not how it was like God's people were the same then as they are now. They relied on grace and and to the extent where. Like Luther, they just have this, or, or Chemnitz, they have this this confidence where they're not thinking about like, oh, am, is, am I going to get in trouble with God, or is this like technically speaking a lie, or technically <laughs> lawyerly like not a lie? Doesn't even matter. The only concern is uh, I need to help Ahimaaz and Jonathan so that they're not killed. I need to help King David, and she does what she can. Like there's like there's such such a an amazing selflessness. She's not thinking about herself. She's, she doesn't she doesn't right. care if uh, you know I I'm not I'm not concerned with how, how this is going to affect me or you know what, what people are going to say about me or you know like if my purity or standing she's not thinking about herself and, and I think that's so that's so key for us to see here and and oh AJ I see man. Both of those points, the fact that everybody in the Old Testament, at least those that are, are uh, believers, they're acting on grace. They know how that's how God works. They've seen it over and over again. The selflessness of the woman, I'd never thought of that before, but you're absolutely right. What if they look in the, the, the cistern? What if they look in the well and find oh, yeah. these men? She's dead. She's dead. You know, she's literally risking her life to, to, to protect these men. 
And I think maybe that's a good question if you're wrestling with, is this a good lie or a bad lie? Ask yourself, what risk are you putting into yourself by this lie? Because generally we lie to take ourselves out of risk. Isn't that why we lie? Because I yeah. don't want to receive the punishment. But if you're lying knowing full well that this could bring, you know, some really terrible things upon you and you're doing it because of love and concern, I would say you are operating. And again, you're operating out of grace, aren't you? Not out of yeah. the law, but out of grace. That's that's um, right. Like we we need to we need to like I mean we just do we do too much of it right. We need to cut out the navel yeah. gazing and, and stop like wondering like oh did you know it's the thing that I did on this day like was that was that like right or wrong and you know have like a you know whole platonic symposium over the thing and get into like the ethics like no like just wh why bother right I mean the point is go and love the neighbor go serve the neighbor just uh, you're, you're think we're thinking it was so easily and you know I've. I mean, I only say this to somebody who's probably done this like way too many times, but we so easily get into this mode of like, we just want to like kind of analyze the self and we're just like, oh, well, oh, yeah. but, but yeah. what was that the right thing? Or, you know, like, you know, but, but was I justified in that moment? And it's just like, <laughs> it, it's kind of self damning, right? Because it's just, if you're so preoccupied with yourself, well, I mean, there it is, right? That's, yeah, that's, yeah. The, that's the, that's the in right? That's the, yeah. that's the, the selfishness. Yeah. Like, don't make it about yourself. Stop thinking about you know, your actions and, and all that stuff so much, they think about the other person. So, so, so the thing is, is, is the people in the Old Testament are well aware of the law. Yeah. I, I am sure as David is hiding out, he has reflected many times that he's getting, as you said, what he deserved. In yeah. fact, what's happening to him is exactly what had been prophesied because of the sin he committed. But, but you see, it's like you said, he's not wallowing in his guilt. He says, all right, Lord, I did this. I've repented of this. And I know somehow... Not because I deserve it, but because of your grace and mercy, because of That's your right. promise that the Savior is coming through my line and my this this is going to be resolved. But right. I'm I'm not surprised that I got struggles in the meantime. Doesn't surprise me at all. In fact, the Lord disciplines those He loves. So that's a oh. good thing, not a bad thing. Better to yeah, be like David than to be like Absalom and Ahithophel and and to have the end that they have. Yeah, no, that it's right. Well, and, and so I think that that's a big contrast. Like David. So we, we, we've seen earlier, <laughs> David has not been consistently humble, right? Like wh when he no. becomes king and he's, you know, has his, you know, big, you know, shindigs and all this stuff, like, there's a little bit of pride uh, going on oh, yeah. there, right? Yeah. But, but here, God has humbled him, uh, which is why I, I'm, always a, I'm always scared when I pray, pray that God would humble me. Because I'm like, <laughs> oh, buddy, you know, like, you know how yeah. God humbles you? He does stuff like this to you, and then you become <laughs> humble. Um so e easier if you humble yourself before it comes to that, right? Um, <laughs> but but right. So like he he is humble in this moment. He's he's more preoccupied with you know uh, like, like we've seen like protecting um, you know the the, the Gittite right who is with them right or uh, making sure that the people who are back in the in Jerusalem are going to be okay right. He's more concerned with them. He's not yeah he's so yeah. concerned about himself and like oh well you know like oh she may have cursed me and so that's just. He, I won't stand for that. Like, no, he's not thinking about himself. Contrasting with, right, um, uh, with with the, these other two, as you were saying, Absalom and Hithphel, who are definitely thinking about themselves. Um, so let's take a look at those. L last thing I'll say, though, it just by, I, I don't know the answer to this, but when she says they have gone over the brook of water, I, I feel like there's supposed to be a pun in there or something like that, because the Hebrew word is kind of like unclear, actually, what the word before water actually means. And so my guess is that she does actually kind of throw a riddle at them and say, like, 
like basically like they, they, they're 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 kind of under the water right yeah, where yeah. Or, or under the cover of water or something like that and it's like well technically that's true because they're hiding under <laughs> in a well uh but they think it means like you know go over the other side right so there's and i and i don't think that's meant to do anything except for just kind of highlight how god is using the cleverness and the intelligence right of this of this woman of faith here who's relying on grace but uh yeah. but yeah so when when the word gets to hithfel right just just isn't this something right it's just when he when he finds out that they they didn't take his advice, right? I mean, isn't that fascinating? It's yeah, not even yeah. like, it's not even like, oh, when he found out that that uh, Absalom had died in battle. It's like when he saw that his counsel wasn't followed, he saddles up his donkey, he goes home, sets his house in order, hangs himself. Yeah. yeah. What, what an account. So, and again, see, it all relates to the issue of pride, doesn't it? Because why, why, why would you kill yourself? But that's yep. it. See, he actually believed that his counsel had the same strength as the word of God. And when his counsel was rejected, then he, he felt he too had been rejected and no other hope, no other chance, might as well take my life. And, and yet I'm thinking, can't, can't you see, AJ, even in that God was saying, Ahithophel, you know what, you have betrayed the man you were supposed to be loyal to. But I would forgive you. I would. I would give you the same mercy that I've given to all sinners, but it's just like Judas. See, I, and there's the Judas parallel again, because Judas then again commits uh, 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 suicide. But I've always thought the contrast there is with Peter, because Peter denies the Lord three times, yeah. and yet Jesus restored. I, I hope anyone out there that's contemplating suicide, and this is a real thing, AJ. This is not yeah. just a, a talk on the radio. But if you're contemplating, you need to know, I don't care what you've done, what you think makes you unworthy. You are unworthy, but you still have the love of God who loves everybody, especially those that are unworthy. He loves yeah. and he dies for them. But that's what makes this a tragic thing. Uh, but by the same token, I would say, let's not take this and apply this to all suicides, because I don't know that everybody commits suicide for the same reason. And I, no. I would certainly not say, oh, he committed suicide, therefore, no. No, I, I don't judge that. The Bible doesn't judge that. But, but this is yeah, a tragic story. Yeah. There's no doubt about that. Yeah, no, th this is this is a very different picture, I think, from like what happened with Saul, where it's like, you know, yeah. he's got like half a dozen arrows like sunk in him. Like the the fill the fill not to say that it was like okay or justified, but just no, to say it's no. different though. Clearly, right? I mean, it's just that this guy like the, he has no arrows in him. There's no enemy pursuing him. He's just like, oh, get me saddle my donkey. I don't go home. Get things in order. You know, like you know, leave some last instructions. I mean, this is like it's it's so like thought out, right? Yeah. It, it's so uh, prepared. Um, you, you know, like there's this there's so much. It's so intentional. I mean, really, it feels even more intentional than what happened with Judas, right? Where, where Judas, like, yes. you, know, you know, he, he yeah. goes back and he's like, no, no, don't, don't take the money. I don't, I don't want it. He's innocent. This, this wasn't right. You didn't say you were going to kill him. Right? I, I, I didn't sign up for that, you know. And then, he, and then he goes and he just like, I mean, the, the depiction there, right, is even is even different. This is like, just there's there's something like just kind of so cold and and, and uh, calm about it, which I think, yeah, it's just because you know Ahithophel. He's got he's got such a reputation, and that's the thing, right? Like I think this is showing um, an idolization of his own reputation. Right? I mean, he, he's he's like the patriarch of this family, right? Um, you know, his son is this like a great mighty man. Um, you know, his granddaughter is the the queen of Israel. I mean, uh, he he just can't stand to see the, his reputation and his standing 
go down. And so, right. and so he's like, he makes sure he make, and it says, right. He was buried in the tomb of his father. Right. I want to make yeah. sure that he, yeah. he was buried in the right place. Right. Um, it, it was all about the appearances, which is the, the real tragic thing about it. Yeah. It's the ultimate consequence of pride, isn't it? That that's what makes me think this is so tragic because that's, you're right. He was just all concerned about his own appearance and that he would stoop to suicide because yeah, it's just, but I'm just telling you, that's that's how it is. If if you go that route, if you think it's all about you and how good you are, um, this is this is the final result. Except because yeah. God loves us and disciplines us and tries to bring us to humility before we do uh, just totally reject everything as Ahithophel does. So yeah, no, that's that's true. I mean, like n- no one can live up to their own self-image. No, right? No, I mean we we no. all know. That we fall short of that. I mean, and, that, and, that, and, that, and that's not even like just like a like a spiritual religious thing. It's like everybody, even though they say they're non-religious, they know in their heart that they are not as good as they hope they're convincing everyone yeah. that yeah. they are. Like this is how we all are. And and so yeah, when you make that ultimate, like this is this isn't in some ways just going to be the result. Um, so so then just kind of wrapping this up then here. So last thing that happens, um, you get uh, Shobi. Uh, who comes to David at my nine, and we get quite the list of everything that's brought here. You know, beds, oh, yeah. basins, yeah. earthen vessels, wheat, barley, flour, parched grain, beans, lentils, honey, and curds, and sheep and cheese from the herd. Um, is this like the same list as like what we had with, uh, with what was it, Nahab and Abigail? Um, I think I, I think I like slipped at some point and I said Abigail when the name uh, in the context is like Abigail, but I don't know. What, is there anything you're taking away with, uh, with with this here, how David gets so richly provided for? Well, I mean, that's the, and, and the last phrase, the people are hungry and weary and thirsty in the wilderness. So that's life. That's where we're at. And yet somehow miraculously the Lord provides for us. In fact, that's what he's doing every day. We just don't realize it. <laughs> but there are these times in our lives where it becomes quite clear that it's the Lord who's been taking care of us all along. Yeah. Well, and I think I think that really is it, that, that God is humbling David by putting David— through the paces of ancient Israel, right, and like he's yeah, having to, he's yeah. reliving in the wilderness, this, right? yeah. In the wilderness, he's he's on the run in the wilderness. He's you know caught between a rock and a hard place, or between Pharaoh's army and uh, the Red Sea, right? Uh, you yeah. know, he's got he's got no food. He's weary. I mean, just all these different things. The thing with uh, you know, uh, Ahimaaz uh, and Jonathan needing to be uh, uh, you know hidden away, right? Like the way that the that Rahab hid the men. So he, yeah. he's being humbled yeah. by by just reliving this story, and it's so fascinating then how God has His own Son relive the story uh, of Israel and provides for Him in the wilderness and all of these things as uh, as well, right? Yeah, yeah, AJ. See, that's it. It all comes back to Jesus. It all points to Him. Uh, that's the beautiful comfort in this text. So, yeah, yeah. A, a, a banquet even in the wilderness, salvation in the midst of an impossible situation. Thank you so much, brother. Good to Thank you, always have you on. And uh, yeah, enjoy the warmer weather and the bike rides. <laughs> Everybody else, Pastor John Lekumski, Southern Illinois. We're going to go on to chapter 18. Yes, Absalom dies. How does that happen? Till then, I'm Pastor H.S. Espinosa. Peace. You've been listening to Thy Strong Word, produced by the Lutheran Church, Missouri Senate Office of National Mission in cooperation with Worldwide KFUO the official broadcast ministry of the LCMS. Your support is vital for this program to continue. You can make a gift safe, secure, and easily online at kfuo.org. Thank you for listening and supporting Thy Strong Word.